0: Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I am joined by Thomas Ori. Thomas, welcome. Hello, hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm good. So, Thomas, who are you? I am, wow,
1: yeah, that's a very philosophical question. Uh, (laughs) No, I am um, a 31 year old. Male, who um is has kind of a bunch of different stuff that I do. I'm I don't really fit into a box, which I don't really think you know a lot of people do when it gets right down to it. But um, I would say that I'm a 31 year old male cheerleader who does cheerleading for um charity, and uh, I can explain more about that later. Um, I work in marketing research, but uh, I also do graphic design and multimedia production on the side. Um, I am an, I wouldn't say like an avid gamer. I very much enjoy video games. Um, but I do feel like there are other people out there who would probably know a lot more about them than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I live in Chicago and, um, really love being in the Midwest. I was out, I lived out in San Francisco for three years. Um, and that was a pretty interesting adventure, but I kind of wanted to come back to, you know, kind of the Midwest area, if you will. So.
0: It's cold right now. It's like February 19th as we're recording this. And I know Chicago is really cold right now.
1: Yeah. I ended up staying home from work today. Just, um, I mean, working from home, I should say that, you know, in case anybody ever, um, from work ever listens to this, but, uh, <laughs> it was, I think windchill got down to like negative 22. Oh my gosh. Around there, and I was just, you know, it's like, if, if I can work from home and not go out and get frostbite, that would be great. Yeah. Um. There was actually a totally random story, but uh, I think there's a movie out there called Snowpiercer, which is Uh-oh. on Netflix right uh-huh. now. Yeah. And it's about the, what is it, the end of the world where the only humans left alive are on this train and it's in perpetual winter and that's how everybody had died. And so it's kind of this, you know, class system thing where if you're in the back of the train, then you're kind of... Um, the lowest of society and there's this one scene where um one of the people well I mean there's a lot of revolting that goes on but this one guy ends up um hitting someone with I think a shoe and so the way that they uh the way that they end up punishing him is making him put his arm outside the train until it like freezes and it's this really disgusting scene but that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was like (laughs) stepping outside today I was like this this could not end well.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this could be seen a scene in a horrible, horrible movie. Exactly. <laughs> that, that movie is so bad. Oh, it's, it's so bad.
1: You know, it's like I I I to be honest, kind of fast forwarded through it because yeah. I had originally um what was it I I I think I saw it first advertised on Amazon and it was like oh this is this amazing movie and everybody's gonna love it. And then when it went straight to Netflix, I was like, OK, this is probably going to be bad. And then when I saw the, the scoring on it go lower and lower, I was like, oh, well, I mean, I guess I bought it. So I have it, <laughs> but it's good paperweight.
0: But Yeah, yeah it. Um, I thought the concept was really interesting. You know, I heard about it. I was like, oh, yeah, this this could be really, really good. And it just it. It just wasn't it
1: just
0: wasn't Um, for listeners who um, want to hear people talk about Snowpiercer in depth. There's a podcast called Defocused um, with Joe Rosenstiel and Dan Strum, and they talked about it recently. And um, I agree with pretty much everything they said. So you can go put that in the show notes. And Joe listens to the show. So go support him, too. But
1: yeah, I'm going to have to go
0: listen to that. It's they're they're funny. They're. I, I don't know. They've been doing this show for a while. Um, and it's, it's good stuff. So yeah. so tell me about cheerleading. How, um, how did you get into cheerleading?
1: So, um, I, so I was, I'm going to give kind of like the roundabout answer to that. Um, I was born and raised in Michigan and kind of thought that I was never actually going to leave the state, but there was like an economy, well, you know, the economy hit. And so I was like, okay, I obviously have to leave in order to try and find, you know, chase my dreams and try and find um, good employment elsewhere. So when I moved out to the Bay Area, I tend to be um, not the most gregarious or social person. And so i made myself a promise that, you know, I'm going to absolutely do everything I can to try and be social. And so I when I headed out to the Bay area, I joined a softball league and basically just tried to go out and be, um, you know, meet as many people as I could and make as many friends as I could, just so that I could kind of get off on the right foot. And that feeling kind of stayed with me. Cause I actually had a pretty damn awesome, um, softball team called the San Francisco treat and we were awesome. Um, and I did that for one year, made a bunch of friends. Um, and then I just, that feeling of like, I need to be able to, um, if I, move somewhere or go and do something. I always want to have that feeling of being active and, um, you know, just an outlet to meet people. And while I was in San Francisco, I had heard that there was actually a group of adult cheerleaders and I am not the most competitive person in the world. So even though I really do enjoy like intramural sports, um, I just thought it would be really cool to actually be doing something active that wasn't really where you had to try and beat the other person. And so I looked into it when I was in San Francisco, but I actually ended up moving before I even had a chance to join them. Um, and so then when I moved to Chicago, uh, I tried to, you know, again, join some intramural sports and whatnot. And I didn't actually know um, until a year after i moved here that there was a group called the Chicago Spirit Brigade, and they are a group of um, it's a nonprofit group where they go and uh, perform. And raise money for other nonprofit groups to help people in life challenging situations. And so I was, I oddly enough had some friends from San Francisco visiting, and we were having brunch um, down in the Lakeview area. And we saw these people just kind of practicing cheerleading out in the street. And we were like, what? <laughs> Who are these crazy people? And it turns out that they were getting ready to do a performance at, um, I think it was Market Day Street Festival. And So the friends that I had in from San Francisco saw that and they saw how excited I got when seeing them. And I was like, oh, I would love to join a group like that, but I just don't know if I ever could. And so they actually ended up dragging me over to their booth and they were like, you need to talk to these people right now. And I was like, all right, fine. And so I um, talked to the people that were in the booth and they turned out to be some of the most friendly and awesome people I've ever met in my entire life. and. I unfortunately didn't join them for their first year because they have a um once a year tryout process mm-hmm. and it turned out that um what was it like while I was about to sign up for that, I also wanted to um join another sporting team and they ended up sending me their packet as to like how in how much of a commitment it is to join because you're essentially um they take people from. Uh, all skill levels. And since I was a beginner, um, I kind of appreciated that they were going to, you know, kind of teach me from square one. But that meant that it was a once a week, four hour practice um, for the entire year and then um, pretty much for the entire summer. Wow. Really performing and kind of raising money. So when I saw the commitment, I was like, well, I kind of want to try and join these other teams first. And so I, you know, went out and did that. But then there was always that regret in the back of my mind of like, you know, God, I just really wish that I joined that group. And so the next year I was like, I have to sign up. I have to do this. And um, lo and behold, I went into the uh, tryout process. And again, everybody was just incredibly welcoming and exciting. I mean, I so I had seen the movie Bring It On. And there were some cheerleaders in high school who were not the nicest people. And Mm -hmm. so there is always that kind of feeling of, you know, are these people going to be just that really scary kind of, you know, stick it or leave, you know,
0: intense. array, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it turned out that they were just, again, incredibly welcoming. And on the first day, um, for tryouts, I thought I was just going to go in and it was going to be like, you know, an hour discussion about what they do and all that kind of stuff. And within five minutes they were like, okay, grab a partner and start stunting. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> And so one of their veterans actually came over to me and he's like, you seem about my size. All right, this is what we're going to do. And they just kind of walked me through, um, kind of this person that we were going to throw in the air, like the, the movements that we would have to do in order to, to just basic stunting. And so we ended up doing a prep, which is basically three people in a triangle, hold up one person kind of, you know, above their heads. Um, and that person standing on their hands. I I wish that I had visual aids that I could show, but, um, And, uh, you know, within, I don't know, first half hour, uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm throwing people in the air and, um, it was just, it was amazing. And everybody was really welcoming and they were excited about, you know, kind of being there. And then we started learning about the, you know, the mission of it and the whole process of, you know, going to the street festivals and essentially just, you know, we perform for free. And then we just ask, you know, audience members if they really enjoyed the show to just give money towards the um, you know, whatever uh nonprofit group we're raising for. And it just seemed like a really awesome group. And so I've been a part of it for three years now. And I've I would say that I've progressed in my stunting. Um but it is hysterical because I can tell that it's started to dominate my life where I will walk down the street and, you know, if I see somebody from the group, we'll just start talking shop. And so if I'm, you know, with other friends, I'll be like, okay, so we have to remember that we have to like practice this basket. And then if that person can do like, you know, uh, a backflip, then that would be awesome. Then we can catch them and we can put them into a hang drill and then we could run them over to here and then do a lib. And, you know, friends that have been there for those conversations are like, I have no idea what you just said.
0: You're speaking another language.
1: Exactly. yeah. Yeah. And so... That's when I kind of realized that I was like, oh, yep, I have definitely become that cheerleader. That person who's like, oh, my God, you guys, let's go practice. This
0: is so great.
1: <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's um, tons of fun. And it's, you know, and the weirdest thing, I mean, you see kind of, you know, business groups and whatnot doing those trust exercises where you have to do, you know, the fall from a ladder or whatever and we'll catch you. And I think it really takes like a – A large reason of why the group is so awesome is, I mean, not only are all of these people giving, you know, their time to raise money for other nonprofit groups, but it takes a lot of trust to, you know, be able to perform with people and just, you know, essentially you're throwing people in the air and you have to trust that they're going to catch you Yeah. and yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: So what was that like that first, like you just walk in, you think maybe you're going to, I don't know, start doing learning a basic routine or something, you go and you're like 30 minutes later throwing someone in the air. What was that like?
1: I, to be completely honest, was terrified. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been too. <laughs> yep. Um, and again, you know, it. I can't try, you know, I can't kind of say it enough The the people in the group were so welcoming and so awesome that it just, you know, made it so easy to, you know, be honest about, hey, guys, I don't, you know, I'm not really sure how to do that. And they were like, well, of course you don't, you know, you said that you're new, so we're going to teach you. And, um, you know, here, just be sure to do this, this, and this. And of course, you know, uh, I shouldn't say of course, but while we were stunting, we would have, you know, five or six people around each group that had like a new base or, you know, new people that were on the ground and those people are called bases. So this is kind of like a quick terminology thing. Um, the people that are on the ground that are throwing people in there are called bases. And then the people who are in the air, you know, doing tricks and stuff, are called flyers. And so, I don't really ever want to be a flyer. I admire the flyers. I think that they're great, but I, I, you know, I belong on the ground. Um, Me too. But yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and um, but yeah, it was it was terrifying for that, you know, first bit. And then all of a sudden, there was kind of that adrenaline rush and excitement that, you know, here I am doing something that I. Never really thought that I would be doing it's a new skill. Um, of course, you're you know being active and, and doing these really cool things that you know. I mean, you get to like it in a way, it's like a great story, you know. Um, you get to tell people that you are, you know, for the better part of the summer running around throwing people in the air, catching them, doing all these different stunts, um, and I don't know it's just it's it's a really good feeling and I guess it's confidence you know confidence building if you will um to go from that kind of facing your fears moment of I really want to be part of this group um okay I'm just going to come in here and you know maybe for like the first bit I'll just you know be on the sides and just kind of watch everybody and then oh wait no okay I've got a person in the air now okay this is fine Oh, oh, wait, no, now they're going to... Wait, dismount? Wait, where are they going to go? Okay, you got them? Okay, we're fine. Okay, great. <laughs> but yeah, and I will say that there there are some of the veterans that... Um, some of the people who have been part of the group for a really long time that can kind of tell when people are nervous, and so they'll just kind of joke around with them being like, okay, so, uh, you know, be careful when you go up there, and just so you know, I'm going to be standing on you. So, you know, take it easy. <laughs> really, it's Okay.
0: So now that you have a little bit of distance, and I'm, you know, are involved as new people are um, coming into the group, what is that experience like? Looking back and seeing where they are versus where you are now.
1: So it's actually, yeah, it's funny because like I had my first moment, even though I've been part of the group for for three years now. This is my third year. Um, last year it was I still felt like I was a newbie you know because even though I'd been stunting with them for a year there's you know just a lot of skills to learn and there you know are people in the group who've been with the group for the past 10 years so it's I still felt like a newbie but this past year I'm just watching people come in and you know they're kind of starry-eyed and or not starry-eyed I shouldn't say that they're Because this group attracts a lot of different people. There are the people who have been stunting, you know, since they were in kindergarten, you know, as part of like a a pep squad or something. And there are people who have never done cheerleading at all, and, you know, including myself, where it was kind of like, okay, I have no idea what's going on. But um, we had a recent person join who didn't really have any previous experience. And I find it hysterical because he had a lot, he was way more gung-ho and kind of just jumping in and trying to do everything and anything that he could. Um, and I admire that to no end, to the point where I'm, I almost was like a little jealous because he, so there's like different you know stunts that you can do. And you start out with um, kind of, you know, base pod stunting where you have three people on the ground lifting one person in the air. And there's like different positions that you can get different type of stunts that you can do, you know, based on how the person is stepping into the stunt that's going to go up into the air Um, or, you know, kind of whether they're going to leave the hands once you get them up into the air. So it's like, you know, if there's baskets or if they're just going to do a standard prep where they're just going to be standing on your hands like elevated um and then there's partner stunting where it's just one person on the ground and then one person flying and you tend to have to be like super strong you know to to throw a person up in the air by yourself and then catch them and then of course they have to be um ridiculously good at balancing and kind of you know uh, staying steady while you're adjusting your grip on their feet or you mm-hmm. know whatever's going on and this new person that just came in like within I think two months was already doing partner stunts. And I was just like, that's awesome. It was so cool to kind of see him go from, you know, okay, everybody, let's just get into this, let's do it. I'm super excited. Um and then showing that he has like a real knack for it. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's doing partner stunting with just like, you know, a single flyer. It was it was really cool to see that growth. Um and it just kinda, you know like you said, it's just it's nice kind of having that moment of, um, reflection where you're kind of like, that's awesome that this person's kind of coming in and going to be like the new generation. And, um, it's so great to be part of, you know, such a, such a strong group of awesome people.
0: So how, how big is the group? How many people are, are in it?
1: So it started back in, I think 2003 or 2004 with just four people and they um, basically were like a, a guerrilla performance group. They just running around in like anywhere that they could go, if they could just get, you know, five minutes of, you know, the street festival people's time, they would just kind of throw a stunt and then just be like, OK, everybody, you know, if you like that, give money towards this charity that we're raising for. And now it is actually up to I think the last count was like 40 or 50 people. I mean, it's that's a pretty good sized group oh yeah yeah we we've got three different group, um kind of uh teams if you will we've got um those who are doing cheerleading so stunting you know throwing people in the air um those who are doing uh, we've got cheerleaders dancers, and drill members so the dancers are ridiculously talented um and they've kind of grown a lot in the past few years um in number and in skill and The drill members are, you know, people who are going to throw flags and, and do different stunts with that. And, um, that group has kind of, I don't know, flags are so mesmerizing to me, but I just don't think I could ever actually do it. So I just kind of look at, you know, look on to them with, uh, I guess, awe, (laughs) just to be coordinated enough to be throwing around a stick or something or not
0: hit yourself in the face. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, but yeah so it's with that in mind, there's I'd say that it's, the majority of people are either in dance or cheer, and then we've got you know kind of the the few people that are in drill. Um, but the whole group kind of performs together, and it's um yeah it's uh it's a lot of people, but pretty awesome group.
0: So you practice once a week and then you perform more than that, I guess throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. Um do you do any cross training or do you just mainly do the cheer
1: So it's I, you know I, <laughs> our coaches recently um so we have uh two new coaches this year and they are very very intent on making it the most um kind of show stopping um athletic kind of routine at you know so far And so the past two years, I've been fine with just getting away with just, um, doing, you know, the four hour practice each year and or each week. And then, um, you know, just kind of maybe a little bit of like physical activity throughout the week of, you know, lifting weights or, um, you know, just like push-ups here and there. But this year is going to be pretty amazing just from, you know, the few things that we've seen in our practices. And so I, I, Like, for instance, this past practice was nonstop for four hours of just straight stunting to the point where on Monday, because our practices are on Sunday, on Monday, I could barely get out of bed. Sore, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, (laughs) it was, and I mean, it's a good kind of sore because you know that, um, you know, it was like a job well done. Everybody did a great, um, great work. And the stunts that are going to be coming out this year are going to be, I'm super excited about this year's performance. and so you kind of have that you know that feeling of okay I'm I'm totally okay with being sore right now because this is going to be awesome but there's still that like ugh I have to get through the day <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind I think that I'm definitely going to have to up my game in kind of physical training before the the summer because we usually let's see so our performance season starts in June usually the beginning of June and um if we can, you know, try and find uh street festivals that start before then, um, then of course we want to do that just so we can try and raise as much money as possible for our beneficiaries. But um generally the performance season starts at the beginning of June. And from June through mid-August, there is um Chicago is very, very big on their street festivals. Uh pretty much every weekend there's a different street festival running around. And so um we try to go to as many as possible. Um we have kind of our our staples um being like Pride Fest, Market Days, Um Edge Fest, Um Midsummer Fest. And, you know, we're just uh, trying to expand to as many others as we can. But for each street festival, we are usually doing two performances Saturday and two performances Sunday. And if at all possible, we'll try and throw in like a third one each day just so that we can try and get again you know raise as much money as possible try and get to as you know many people in the crowd as we can um cuz even though you know we're having fun performing and and trying to get our name out uh the main goal is to just try and help out um the the charities that we're raising money for so in the end it's you know we, even if it takes a lot more energy <laughs> we're going to try and push for as many performances as possible just so that we can try and get um you know at trying to raise
0: as much as, much as, as you can, can. yeah so. so how are beneficiaries chosen do you know
1: so actually i just uh joined leadership this year just to kind of um see how the ship works and um throughout the year uh beneficiaries are uh, can turn in an application and then um i think it's in january of every year, but it could it could be January or February. Um, we look at all the beneficiaries that that have sent in applications, and we um, try to pick people based on if it's a small group. Because, from what I've learned, just from you know, kind of being on the side of everything, uh, I should say on the sidelines, listening to the different groups that we've raised money for. If you raise um, money for a larger group that the money raised tends to go to administrative costs and just kind of keeping the group running. And it doesn't really do direct care services, which Mm -hmm. our huge focus is to try and help out, you know, smaller groups that are doing um, direct care services so that we know that not only are, you know, is the money going to a great place, but it's also kind of helps out the people that are donating money to know that all the money that they give is going directly to actually helping someone in need rather than, you know, Hey, we're going to help you, you know, from the money that we're raising today, we're going to give you give this group like a new fax machine or something. It's like, that's never right. really a great that's thing. That's not attractive. Give, so. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, we look through all the applications and try to find the the best fit for the group. Um, the, you know, our, our mission statement is helping, Beneficiaries that are helping people in like challenging situations. So, um, you know, it's dealing with HIV/AIDS or homelessness or, um, you know, not being able to um, find food. So, like food pantries and whatnot. Um, and we do try to kind of mix it up and have different beneficiaries um, each year so that we can kind of, you know, just help as many people as we possibly can. Um, and the other really cool thing is, if I can just put in a plug, is that we actually end up donating um, not only 100% of what we receive during our performances, but we actually match it by 25%. Um, so when we do actually go out and perform and we're raising money, um, we actually raise you know, not only the 100% that people are giving us, but we're then matching it and kind of, again, just trying to get as much money as we possibly can to our beneficiaries.
0: Um, That's really neat.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a great group.
0: I, um, I'm always not always, but I am frequently surprised by the creative ways that people find to do old things. Like giving money to charity is something that's happened for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. But giving money to charity by cheerleading, you know, (laughs) raising money for charity by cheerleading, that seems like a fairly, you know, like a 10 year old concept to me. And, um, um I always like to hear about things like this because I um I don't know I guess it makes me think of how um virtually limitless we can be when we um think about things creatively.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I again I when I joined the group if you know to be completely honest it was to meet people and just kind of to um just be surrounded by these awesome people but the the longer that I stay down with the group the more that kind of like the mission statement and just how amazing it is that you know here are these you know 30 40 50 people that come in every sunday um you know take time out of their week and are just putting in a lot of you know sweat and tears and to be honest even blood sometimes because let's yeah. face it it's it's a dangerous you know thing throwing people around um and, you know, here we are in the end, the whole reason we're doing it is to just, you know, try and help raise money and and it's raise money for, you know, nonprofits. And I just get a kick out of when the group gets together and like, we'll have, you know, events where we'll just kind of like go out and we'll grab dinner together or whatnot. Cause there's, I've gained a lot of friendships just from, from being in the group. Cause it does, it, it takes a really interesting Person to, or not even interesting. I should just say that it's like it's a very specific uh, personality mm-hmm. to join a group where you're going to be giving that much time up. But also just to, I mean, you know, to be an adult cheerleader. I <laughs> when I told my parents what I was doing, my dad was not exactly thrilled because he's like, I don't even know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and my mom, who's incredibly supportive, was like, Oh well, honey, that's nice. And then when I started sending pictures to my parents of just you know, the crazy things that we would be doing where, like, the, uh, what is it called? Um, There's like a diamond head stunt where basically, so if I'm, you know, standing up straight and I have a person crawl on my shoulders and they stand directly on my shoulders and then we have two people on either side of me and the person that's standing on my shoulders bends down, grabs onto their arm and picks them up. So then it's, you know, if you can try and picture it it's like it's supposed to form a diamond because Mm -hmm. they're supposed to kind of the the people on sides are supposed to go horizontal so you know kind of plank and then you have these four people that are connected and kind of a diamond shape and there was a one of the like one of the practices we actually did it where um I was able to actually get you know to do that stunt and so I sent that picture to my parents and my dad was like wait so are you actually like Picking up three people on your shoulders, and I was like, "Yeah, is that awesome?" And after that, he kind of got a kick out of it. Where he was like, "All right, it's a little weird, but it's fun." So,
0: yeah, it's not a. I mean, male cheerleaders in general are kind of like made fun of in our culture, let alone adult male cheerleaders. So you know, I I can. I mean, I don't understand, but I can see that people would be critical of that, like. What are you yeah, doing? Like
1: Exactly. Well, and it's, it's funny because, um, it's, it, you know, in being part of this group and, and to be honest and doing a lot of the things that I've done in my life, I've kind of noticed that you, there can always be a stigma to something. And unless you actually kind of go and try it or, you know, do some research into it, um, there, there may be that kind of thing of, you know, what are these guys doing cheerleading? Like, this is ridiculous, but I can tell you right now the, the male cheerleaders that I know are some of the most physically fit, strong people I've ever met in my life. You know, um, it's, and I find it hysterical because I know that there's, um, there can be that feeling of like, oh, male cheerleader, like he must be a pushover or something, and I, you know, here's this person who's actually lifting a hundred to a hundred and five, you know, fifty pounds into the air repeatedly mm-hmm. um, throughout a routine and doing it with a smile, so. <laughs> Right. So it's kind of like yeah, it's um but yeah, it's just interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 intense. You know, I think I'd probably put a cheerleader up against a weightlifter because that's what you're doing, right? You're you're yeah. you're lifting weights in dynamic um ways and in on different Planes, you know, you're not just forward and back, you're side to side, and you've got to have strong arms and strong legs and abs of steel. And yeah, like, yeah, (laughs) it takes a lot. It's, it's hard work. And then you've got the aerobic training too to be able to do that, or the aerobic fortitude to be able to do that. So yeah, it's a sport. I, I, I'm all in.
1: Yeah. And I, I I do get a kick out of it though, because it's like, um, you know, and it's not even just because I, I, you know, I mean, I'm saying, you know, male cheer, cheerleaders are super strong, but practically every, I mean, not practically, uh, everyone on the team is ridiculously strong. I mean, we've got, um, people who are like five foot that, um, well, not five foot, I would say like five foot four that are, you know, basically gymnasts. So you kind of go to lift them in the air and they have to be able to contort themselves and balance and stay, you know, as, as to keep their body as tight as possible in kind of their control of where their weight is. Um, because if they're in the air, um, it's kind of up to them to make sure that the person below them is able to kind of adjust for where their weight's going to be. I know it mm-hmm. sounds pretty, you know, I'm getting pretty technical here, but it, suffice it to say the, the flyers are ridiculously strong. Um, like I said, when I when I did the Diamond Head stunt, um, the lady that was on my back um and lifting up those two other people, I mean, she is amazing. She is absolutely amazing. And she's like, um she's been cheerleading, I think, since like middle school. She is ridiculously tough and strong. And we actually get a huge kick out of her because She, you know that if you're stunting with her, um, that stunt is going to be safe and it's going to stick no matter what. Um, There, she is like, um, I'm trying to think of like the best way to put this. Um, There was one time where they were trying to build a pyramid and it's kind of like talked about in the group just to kind of show how tenacious she is. Um, where she was put up you know in people's hands, and then there was supposed to be another um person that was put up in hands uh in a prep, basically right next to her, and then they threw a third person on top of the two of them, so it was be you know be a group that was like three people tall mm-hmm. and she went up in her stunt, and the person that was next to her they were about to go up, and there was like a problem where I think like they slipped out of the person's hands or something. And she was like, no, this stunt is going up. So she actually bent down, grabbed them by the shirt and pulled them up so that they would actually, so that the stunt stuck and did it right before they threw the third person on top of them. So it's, it's kind of legend where it was like, okay, you know, clearly if you're in a stunt with her, you better have your stuff together because it's going to happen.
0: It's going to (laughs) happen no matter what. Wow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just I like I said, it's it's a very interesting group of people that I, come from all different walks of life, but are there for kind of one mission. So it's awesome.
0: That's that's really, really neat. I'm glad that you found them because I can hear how much you enjoy it as you're talking about it.
1: Yeah. And it's it's funny because um, it when you go and you talk to different people about how they have how they found the group, uh, a lot of the times it's you know seeing us in different street festivals um but there are people who have actually like searched out for you know adult cheerleading groups and i don't know if it's going to be i you know again since i i didn't really do any cheerleading before any of this i didn't i don't know if it's like a a new kind of thing that's going on um i know that there's actually like uh some gyms are actually giving like cheerleading courses now as as like you know workout regimen um And I know right now there is a, so there's the Chicago Spirit Brigade in Chicago. Um, There's San Francisco Cheer in San Francisco. Um, There's a group in San Diego. There's a group in LA. There's um, Cheer New York in New York. And see, I'm probably going to get in trouble for not remembering everybody. But I mean, (laughs) here are all these like adult cheerleading groups Mm -hmm. that are you know that we all pretty much have the same mission of just going out and raising money, um, for nonprofit groups through cheer. Um, I know that the other groups, I think there's like um, some differences between them, but it's just awesome to know that they're that there's kind of a community out there for it. You know, mm-hmm. so if you if you want to be a cheerleader, just go look for one
0: <laughs> or start something.
1: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Because you know what years ago there wasn't a there wasn't a group here and it took one really amazing person to kind of come up with the idea and and build it so
0: i think that's incredible you know you talked about when you moved to san francisco how you um decided to get involved in sports both to be active and to build a community and um or to get involved with the community, I guess. And I talked to Serenity Caldwell um, of Imore last, two months ago, I guess, right before Christmas. And she did the same thing in San Francisco, was getting a little lonely. And that's how she got into roller derby. And now, you know, she's moved to Boston since, but this is what she does. I think it's it's so interesting how um, how we come to these different communities and how similar some of these stories are.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, you know, there's always that idea of whatever group that you're interested in that you're gonna, you know, wanna sign up for or something, there are gonna be people that are just like you that also wanted to be part of that group. So you know, just the mutual interest in whatever you're gonna go and try out for, it's gonna push you towards finding people that are I I don't I mean like minded, but also, you know, just in being part of this group, I I mean my world's kind of been open, too, because there's a, just a very diverse, um, awesome set of people where I I don't know if there would have been a way for all of us to kind of come together any other way. You know, I can't picture meeting a number of the people that I've met through this through being part of the Chicago Spirit Brigade that um, I would have met. in. you know, I definitely wouldn't have met them through mutual friends. I don't think that I would have met them just, you know, kind of wandering down the street. I mean, it, it was because this group was around and because there was this, you know, mission and just this kind of great, um, setting that kind of allowed me to make such awesome connections.
0: So what would you say is the number one trait someone needs to have to get into cheerleading besides a desire to do it?
1: It's, you know, it's funny. I, I would say body self-awareness, but also you, (laughs) you have to be a little crazy. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. You have to be a little crazy and you have to be able to trust, um, you know, strangers that eventually will become some of your closest friends because, you know, a stunt's not going to go up if you have, you know, two or three people that are like, well, I don't know if you're going to be, you know, doing this. You may
0: or may not drop me. Exactly. (laughs) Yes.
1: And, um, and again, you know, I, I I'm, entirely in awe of and I respect to no end the flyers because I when I'm basing someone it's in my mind that like no matter what happens I'm going to be the person that catches up you know it's like you've got to have that setting that feeling of I'm here to protect you because you're doing something that's you know you're doing something that's crazy but we're all here to kind of be together and the whole way that this, you know, stunt or this performance is going to go off is for you to know that I'm going to be there to catch you and for you to just kind of go up there and shine and just, you know, just go crazy with it. So, um, yeah, I would say that the the number one thing that you would have to do if you were going to join cheerleading is just know that you are going to be um, putting your life in other people's hands, like even if you're on the ground. um, You know, if someone's flying above your head and then they fall, um, you're going to have to, you know, either catch them or... I mean, there's definitely even with me being on the ground, I've definitely taken a few, you know, feet to the face or, you know, hands to the nether regions or whatever, just because you've got to catch people any way that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I would say that kind of the trust and um, trust, body awareness and uh, just the drive to to go and do.
0: yeah, Tenacity. Tenacity. Yes. So we've got about fifteen minutes left. So tell me talk to me about gaming. What what kind of games do you play?
1: So I'm very into role-playing games. Um I enjoy action games. I, I just recently got um all of the Uncharted games uh one through three because I, you know, I'd heard so many great things about them and there was a really good deal and I was like, well, you know. I, I love um Jack and Dexter. I love um Oh see now I feel terrible that I forgot the name of it.
0: Um, I do that all the time.
1: See, and I can't remember it right now. The <laughs> um the other game by Naughty Dog with the rac- it's not really a raccoon, but it's like a space guy and he runs around a robot. Racket? Yes, Racket and Clank, right? Or yeah. Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank.
0: Ratchet, I, Ratchet. Okay.
1: There we go. Yes. So um I knew that they did those games and I love those games and I had heard so many good things about um uncharted that I was like, all right, fine, I gotta do this. So I ended up getting those. Um and the <laughs> The only thing is is that I i think that I would get a kick out of playing first person shooter games. It's just I'm so terrible at them that um it's it takes a lot of the enjoyment out of it <laughs> when you yeah. are constantly getting shot and dying, dying when you yeah. just can't get to wherever you need to go. So that's kind of a, a big problem for me with um uncharted because i'm just kind of like ah like this is showing my weakness in gaming here but um and in the strangest sense i will say that i enjoy watching zombie games but um i it has to be watching them because i am so terrified of you know of zombies is just Uh in general well they're pretty terrifying exactly yeah and so um i actually ended up uh one of my closest friends uh, is this guy that I ended up going in blind and um, living with in college. And the way that we bonded was I had just bought a um, PlayStation 2 and I did the whole deal where you could get um, three used games from, I think, GameStop or something. And the I decided to get Resident Evil as one of them because I was like, oh, I hear so many good things about this. And within 30 seconds of playing that game, I was like, I can't do this. And I just shut it off. <laughs> And when he found out that I, that I had that game, I was like, you know, are you interested in playing it? Because I can't. And so it'd be awesome if you actually played it. And then that way I could kind of like walk out of the room when I need to. And he was like, sure. So, um, we just actually like would hang out and, um, he would play the video game and I would watch and, you know, just became like a fun thing. And, um, actually, what is it, like, I don't know how many years ago, but when Resident Evil 5 came out, um, I went on a road trip to go visit um, visit this friend. Because, uh, like, I, I basically was done and over with San Francisco, and I just needed to kind of clear my head. Mm. And so I went on kind of like a three-month road trip. And when I stopped to visit him, um, I think I bought the game for him for his birthday. And he was like, dude, I've been waiting to play this with you. And I was like, there is no way that like I'm actually going to play this. And he was like, no, look, there's no way that I'm going to play it unless you're playing with me. It's a two-player game. Let's do this. And so um, one of the, my absolute favorite memories in the entire world is staying up until like 4 a.m. on the night that I was supposed to be leaving um, for my next kind of stop on the road trip because we had to finish the game. and. Um, the two of us would just, it, you know, I mean, you're, I'm terrified playing this zombie game and the two of us would basically yell at each other about like what we were going to go do. So I'm sure the neighbors were not thrilled with us, but we'd be like, dude, go over there. I'm going to go over here and I'll cover you. Okay. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> no, oh, he's
0: going to get you, man.
1: So it was, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so role-playing games, um, adventure games, I, I, yeah, I just kind of I, I would go for anything, but I just it's got to have a good story. Mm-hmm. That's mainly what I'm gaming for is to just kind of like lose myself in that idea of, you know, this other world or this like amazing thing that's going on. So,
0: yeah, I am I, with you. And that playing versus watching a game is a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, because I watched my husband play the last of us like a year before I played it. And there are some scenes where it's like, okay, it's basically like watching a movie. It's, you know, it's a very well-written game in my opinion. And so like, he'd be doing, you know, whatever, and it'd be dark and scary and noises. And, you know, we've got surround sound in the living room. I'm like, okay, you know, it's a movie, whatever. When I played it, you know, it was like dark and the lights were out and I had the surround sound and I was jumping in the chair in some of these scenes, you know, <laughs> There'd be yeah. like a clanging of a pipe and I'd be like, what is going on? Like, where is that coming from? And who is after me? And it's, it's just interesting to me how, I don't know, that different perspective uh, can really, really change our perception of what's happening. Like, oh, yeah. like, I can't die. I've got to, I've got to do this thing.
1: Exactly. Well, and I will say that, um, and I haven't played this game because reading about it terrified me enough that I was like, there's no way that I'm even going to think about getting it. But um, I, um, I, Dead Space, when it first came out, I mm-hmm. think that I was reading an article and they said one of the most innovative things that they've done is they've taken away the pause button. And I was like, how terrifying would that be that, <laughs> that you cannot get a break from anything that's going on, you know, and it's, it sounds so ridiculously small, you know, here's this thing, but it's in a way taking away your safety, you know, it's like, that's, that's cutting off your chance of being like, okay, I know that this is a game and I can pause it anytime that I want to, because, you know, I'm not in this actual reality. And to take away that, I was like, I'm not playing this. This is, (laughs) this is ridiculous.
0: Well, and that has another issue too. So, um, the episode that's going up on Monday is with um, Amy Roberts and she's a game developer. And we talked a little bit about respecting the time of the person who's playing. Mm -hmm. And so her goal is to create, at least at this point, is to create short games that you can play, like, in an hour or two because she doesn't want to monopolize people's time. And I'm thinking about, like, okay, I'm playing this game, and I'm not a parent, but if I were, my child was maybe, I don't know, playing outside in the backyard and got hurt and came inside, and I couldn't pause my game, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, whatever, yes, I'd leave the controller, I'd go attend to my child, no-brainer, but, you know, there are... I think other considerations, other than like I want to be immersed in the game and not be able to pause. You know, I don't want I don't want people to remove themselves from the scene because it's you know, for whatever reason. I don't feel like that's respecting the player a whole lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely been a couple of games. And I can't really think of. I mean, just in in playing role playing games, and I'm pretty sure that I think Final Fantasy seven did this, and it was very frustrating. I I remember. It was either that or Gears, but there would be these ridiculously long, drawn out, um, you know, story sessions, essentially, where you wouldn't be actually playing the game. You'd just be reading text a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember at least two times, um, you know, knowing that I had to leave to be somewhere on time or that, you know, a friend was there and they were like there to pick me up or that I had something that I absolutely needed to be doing. And I couldn't because... I was halfway through this like really long text thing. And I knew that if I turned the game off, I would have have to start over again, start over. And I was like, ah, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, if I'm going to sit and play a video game, I kind of resign myself to the idea that, okay, I'm not going to be doing anything for the next two to three hours. If I'm going to play this, I'm going to go and do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and just know that I have to devote, you know, a chunk of time to it. Because um, I'll i play like Bejeweled, um, you know, if I'm just sitting somewhere like waiting for a bus or something. Mm-hmm. And it's great to have, you know, games like that where you can just kind of like turn on, turn off and everything's fine. Or Angry Birds, um, you know, obviously mobile games just for if I'm like out and about. But if I do actually sit down and, you know, kind of immerse myself into like a console game. I, I just, it's like, I have to know that the next two to three hours are free so that I can actually, um, I guess, give it, give it time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I have, I have a hard time. I want to play more games, but I have a hard time fitting them in. So.
1: Oh yeah. No, I'm totally with you. That's I, I, my PlayStation three, to be completely honest, has become more of a dvd player for me yeah. it's like if i'm gonna have some friends over and like we're gonna watch a movie then that's awesome we'll do that um but that's i i guess and getting uncharted i am trying to kind of get myself back into um gaming but it yeah like you said it's just very difficult finding that time so
0: yeah i'm envious of people who have it though but I just you yeah. you don't and listening to more podcasts i'm like <laughs> I don't have enough time to listen to podcasts and I throw my own out and hope that someone will find the time for me, but
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, uh, yeah, even just with, you know, kind of the volunteer group, because it is such a, a time drain and a commitment, um, it's funny because I will actually have some members who are like, you know, Hey, let's go out and, you know, hang out and let's go, um, you know, party or let's go to dinner or whatnot. And there are some days where I've just got to be like, okay, I will totally see you at practice and it will be great. But right now I just need to tune out. I need to go play video games. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. But that's what they're for, right? I mean, exactly. for yeah. me an anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we are at about an hour now. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: Um, no, this has actually been pretty awesome. Thank you.
0: Good. You're welcome. So Thomas, how can people find you?
1: They could search for me in the dark. No. Um <laughs> so I'm actually the creative coordinator for the Chicago Spirit Brigade. So if they want to go to um CSBstars.com, um they can kind of check out the cheer group. And I actually, believe it or not, do not have a Twitter account. So Gasp. I mean, you know, yeah, I uh I exist in the shadows. What can I say? <laughs> but um yeah, so that's that's probably the the best way to uh Reach me, which doesn't sound like exactly that much help, does it?
0: No, it's fine. If that's what you have, that's what you have. Um, I have a coworker who um, I met for the first time at a work trip recently, and I was like, okay, so can I add you to Facebook or Twitter, or whatever? And he said, absolutely not. I don't do any of that. And I was like, okay, you know, so <laughs> I know how to I know how to email him though, so that's okay.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I had a friend in San Francisco who you would figure that, you know, being in the Bay Area, you know, kind of this this hotbed of multimedia and whatnot, um, that they would at least be okay with technology. And yet he was adamantly against it. Like he, I would be like, oh, well, you know, I'll just email you. And he'd be like, no, you can either call me or you can write me a letter. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So, All
0: right. Yeah, that's. You know, but I think I get so tired of email. I wake up to like 40 emails every morning, just like, you know, and that's not a lot compared to some people. So,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, no, it does. It it inundates. But um, what are you going to do?
0: so um all right so people can find you with on the cheerleading squads website and um, they can find the show on twitter at less than or equal and if you have feedback suggestions for guests or would like to be a guest you can go to less than or and fill out the contact form if you have a few minutes it would be wonderful if you'd leave a review on itunes those really help us out thanks for listening until next time on an internet near you i'm Eileen sims for less than or equal Yay. Hooray. It was so nice talking to you.
1: It was very nice talking to you as well. I look forward to um, meeting you at PAX.
0: I know. I'm very excited. I was a little bit worried when I got this email that was like, oh, yeah, I have a friend and he's a cheerleader and he could totally come on your show. And I was like, that would be great, but I know nothing about cheerleading and, and, and am I going to actually be able to have a conversation with someone? But it was good. I think it's going to be a great episode.
1: Good. I. That's the. Yeah. I mean, again, not having like visual aids or anything. I just don't know if, as I was talking about how a stunt would go together, I'm like, there's, you know, I just sound like gibberish right now. So, okay. never mind.
0: Well, I think, well, I don't know. I, I grew up watching the cheerleaders in high school, so I could visualize it. All right. But I'll see what I can do as far as putting things in the show notes to help if people want to look too. Cool.